2: Right now. I'm wearing headphones, rocking it back, old school radio days. How about that? And somebody said, it looks like I'm plugged into a Walkman. And I remember when I got my first Walkman, because my brothers and I had to share it. And I was the youngest, so how how often do you think I got it? And you had your case of cassettes, and then people started to crap on your music selection. And I'm like, then bring yours then! How many times did we have that conversation at parties? This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show, Hour 2, coming in hot, live from Ace Airport Casino in Calgary. Beautiful morning out here in the Alberta foothills. It's your favorite daytime sports talk show, and we are live on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Podcast, and uh, YouTube. And boy, uh, somebody was writing in here earlier saying how fast hour one went. It always does, man. It moves. It bangs. It slaps. And it's going to be a very busy hour, too. Kevin the Medium's here, our sales coordinator. And coming up later, Jim Lang in hour, two, Canada's foremost NFL insider. And Darren Bombing from Bonfire, Winnipeg. We don't have a lot of time with you, Kev. So just to recap, number one... Last hour, we talked about going to the CFL game, Watch Sask beat Edmonton 17-13. You were with me. I want to get your first ever experience in a press box, a pro football press box. That
3: is correct. It was a bucket list item for me. And what did you think? Did it live up to? It did. It was cool. The only only thing I noticed that I um, was kind of like shocked by is the lack of press, was um, just how few people were in the press box that were actually covering the game. Yeah, I'm actually glad that you brought that up. Uh, we What we've been talking about is the Stanley Cup Final.
2: It's another night off tonight. Uh, but Vegas can close it out on Tuesday night with a win in Game 5 at home over the Florida Panthers. Our hockey analyst Serena Taylor was with us last hour. Number one, she says it's going to end tomorrow. Number two, she said she's like Don Cherry by saying, you guys don't give me enough time. She said that, and then uh, we were beside Rob Vanstone, who writes for the Rough Riders website, and he said, how's Serena doing? I said, she's doing great. I said, she's the female Don Cherry, Rob. And he goes, no, he's the male Serena Taylor. (laughs) That's what Don said. So anyway, or sorry, that's what Rob Vanstone said. We're jumping all over the place. She met Gretzky Saturday night, and we're talking about who's the sports icon you met. Not necessarily your idol, but just a sports
3: icon Take it away, you had another? G-Roy Simon, I mean, being a big BC Lions fan, even though I'm wearing my Stamps shirt today, huge BC Lions fan, uh, huge G-Roy fan. My whole family, um, Jake, my ex-wife, we're all huge G-Roy fans. Um, So to meet him up at the Combine was cool, but then uh, yesterday when we were up there and he actually remembered my name and that kind of shocked me. I was like, well, that's kind of cool. And finally got a picture with him because I didn't want to be the fanboy at the Combine, so I didn't get a picture with him. And what did I say about that? You, sh- I should have. So this time I was like, I'm not letting this opportunity pass oh, by without meeting him. So ladies and gentlemen, take the picture, <laughs> eat the cake, take the
2: trip, live. And you never know, but it doesn't surprise me at all that you I would remember your name. He's that kind of guy. He's a longtime friend of mine. And for those that don't know, that are listening to you know, I'd like to think that you do, but he's the Canadian Football League's all time receiving king, holder of many records, multiple Grey Cup champion. He's a wonderful guy. Now, Jet Oil Tom writes that he says, Dave Semenko let me drink out of the Stanley Cup in a bar in Edmonton. I'll never forget that one. See, if they're a good enough guy yes. or girl, they'll let you do that. Yes. Right? Yes. You know, uh, John Ohm. And Winnipeg says, I'm at G-Roy in the Calgary Airport. Total class. So we're going to do a lot more Stanley Cup talk tomorrow because they're not playing tonight. Game, what is it? Five of the NBA Finals goes tonight in Denver because we are a sports talk show. I'm just bringing up the fact that it could end tonight. And uh, the Denver Nuggets, first time in franchise history, are sitting on winning this whole thing. So that's the poll question today. For Key Auto Group, Key Auto Group has the largest selection of quality new and pre-owned vehicles in the Parkland area. Cars, trucks, SUVs. Your journey begins at keyautogroup.ca. I said yes, I will be following the NBA Finals tonight for the lack of nothing else is on television. The Blue Jays aren't playing. There's no Stanley Cup. What are you voting, Kevin? Yes
3: or no for the poll question? No. I haven't probably watched a uh, basketball game since Vancouver had a basketball team. How long was that? Over a decade ago? Okay. I feel like there's no right or wrong answer. It's personal choice. I'll be watching tonight, but I
2: haven't watched any of this series. Oh my goodness, there are so many. Okay, Bill in Brantford, Ontario, watching on Game Plus TV, says, "I get your channel on uh, your show on channel 499, Darren Brampton. He says, "I met Ron Lancaster when he was coaching the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He stopped at a restaurant one night. So I stopped in a restaurant one night. He was there. We talked about those great riders teams. He was great. Brian in Bosager Manitoba says I ran into uh, Ricky Ray in Vegas of all places many moons ago he was sitting in the husband chair in a clothing store in the mall is that what they call it the husband chair I've been in those chairs um from Frank Limaker he is in Airdrie you know where that is I do he's do you know Frank I don't know, Frank. He Frank, says we got to meet. He says I took my family to the Hockey Hall of Fame and Doug Gilmore got in the elevator with us. I was so zoned out, I didn't realize it. My wife elbowed me in the ribs and pointed at killer. She knew. Okay. This is about the only time maybe this hour that we'll talk about the CFL, although we will later with Darren bombing, but The game yesterday, Saskatchewan beat Edmonton 17-13 in Edmonton. He and I were there, 32,000-plus on hand. Taylor Cornelius, the Edmonton quarterback, is getting blamed by Edmonton fans for the loss.
3: He wasn't on the field when they couldn't put it in the end zone from the one-yard line three times. When you have the ball on the one-yard line, you've got to put it in the end zone. It's just that simple. Um, You could come up with all kinds of excuses. Oh, they were offside. The refs blew the call. Whatever you want to say. End of, the day, end of the day, you didn't put didn't put the ball in the end zone. Cost you the game. So you, I asked you this.
2: Honestly, I was gone by the time this goal line stand happened. I was listening on the radio. But we're hearing today from certain fans of both teams that on second down, second and goal from the
3: one-yard line, Sask was actually in, and you went back and looked. Is that- I, I looked. I looked at the highlight. His knee was definitely down. I looked at it two or three times. And he more or less fumbled the ball into the end zone. Um, but he was down. There was no doubt. So the refs got it right? The refs got it right. They would have checked it anyways, but the refs got it right. What was your take on the atmosphere
2: of the game? I mean, we are a Canadian show. We're talking about the Canadian Football League. It's, as you said, we are...
3: It's Canada, after all. <laughs> uh, I thought it was just a great day oh, at the it ballpark. Was, I just love that stadium. It's the second yeah. time I've been there. Um, I'm so used to McMahon Stadium, a stadium that's 500 years old. And, um... The stadium, I mean, it's 40 years old. It's not a new stadium, but it's got such a cool vibe to it when you walk in. Um, the excitement with the crowd, as the crowd filed in, we, were, we entered the stadium before the gates opened for the general public. And once the crowd started filing in, just the excitement you felt was kinda, it was different. It was not the same as what you're gonna get at McMahon Stadium. I felt the same thing when I was at IG Stadium in Winnipeg last uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, you walk in and there's just a cool vibe um they've got it going on there i don't know man if i'm a freak or what but
2: again we were sitting beside rob vance and by the way i am a freak let's put that aside that's been answered but rob i said is there normally more media in here he's the reporter for the rough riders website he goes i've only been here twice before and both time were great cups you said you've only been to that stadium twice before yes am i the only freak that just travels all over the place and goes to games
3: well it was your job no but now but now it's not really and i think stop it's two and a half hours up there it is and you've been there twice it's true and i mean as far as me going into the press box i expected a whole lot more media uh to be there I felt most of the people there weren't even covering the game. They were more um, there. I didn't know who they were. Well, yeah, they were more there for Dignitaries. Yeah, dignitaries. That's a good word. Um, Like the gentleman sitting behind us who I had no idea the um, room we were in was actually named after him, Mr. Hall. Brian Um, Hall, yeah. Yeah, so it's unfortunate that the media in Canada isn't covering the CFL the way you cover CFL with the RP show. It's. We need more of that. We need more coverage for the CFL. It's one of the greatest games played, and it's 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 sad in my books.
2: Now, uh, in the time we have left here with you, which is seven minutes, that's enough. You were at the game here Thursday, the Calgary Stampeder's loss. Was it nineteen fifteen to the? Was that I think it was nineteen fifteen? No, twenty five fifteen. Twenty five. Oh, it was ten point. Yes, twenty five fifteen. The BC Lions your favorite team and I'm wearing the yeah. opposition <laughs> That's you're,
3: a okay. good, you're a good CFL guy yes I love the CFL I'm a huge BC Lions fan but I love the CFL. so talk
2: about the game I, and then we'll get to the attendance lowest Stampeders attendance were told in since the turn of the millennium was at that game Thursday night and I feel like there's a lot of people in this town down on the Calgary quarterback Jake Mayer
3: he didn't play a good game there's no doubt about it but the whole team didn't play a good game uh receivers weren't running the routes properly you could see they weren't on the same page mayor was throwing to absolutely ghost and um the only part of the game that was good was their kicking game this um grace i can't think of his first john name. grace john grace from australia can kick that ball a mile and a half and he literally was kicking at a mile and a half. That thing went up so high sometimes, I had to crane my neck to keep my eye on it. Um, just an amazing, and the whole special teams was good, except for the field goal, um, sorry, blank, on the who, who field goal kicker for the Stamps. Paradis. Um He missed two early, which really, I think, set the tone. And the interception that was thrown also set the tone for the game.
2: Um, to the audience, Craig, our Craig Smith, our director of scouting, there's a lot of comments coming in now, and I can't find it. But to paraphrase, he says, "I've been in the press box for years; it was always full. Well, it ain't any It ain't anymore now. Um, I could have put my feet up and stretched out if I wanted to.
3: Uh, from oh, what- Jeff, the... This- was there maybe 10
2: people in the press box maybe 10 but there was about three actual media
3: yeah right exactly
2: i don't i don't get it because i've always been in the broadcast booth so i didn't wasn't ever really paying attention but this isn't this is something people need to understand and whether you agree with me or not or whether i'm right or not i don't know but it's how i feel it's not that the media doesn't care about the cfl it's not that the cfl isn't a great league i was telling you this coming home there's no media. Well, then that's the problem. They've been gashed yes. by the owners of the media companies. There's no reporters to go. And and they have to make a decision. What's the biggest league that we can cover in this country? Oh, it's the National Hockey League. Because quite frankly, the NHL is not struggling to sell tickets. Have you looked around? And for that matter, neither is the Blue Jays in this country. So it's not about people don't have money. That people go where their attention is. And what do you think is the reason for the Calgary attendance being the lowest
3: of the millennium last week? You said it yesterday, and it really stuck in my head. Um, before the game, we were sitting, just sitting in the stands, and you said, it's not about the game anymore. It's about the experience at the game. And you look at, at BC, they're putting on a show. I mean, they've got LL, LL Cool J coming in to do a concert pregame. Yep. Uh, they're going to have 40,000 people at, in the dome. Calgary didn't do anything. They had a guy singing country music. I can't think of his name. Uh, but you're not a country th- fan. I am a country fan. Well, I'm apparently a huge not country fan. But it's not country music. Oh. Isn't going to get people into the into the stadium. Um, there's no game experience at McMahon. The, the most exciting thing at McMahon outside of the game is the fastest cow. Come on, we need to we need to build something and bring more people to McMahon Stadium. Is it a great stadium? No, it's not. But they have to put on a show. It's not about the game; it's about the experience. From the Barflies
2: account in our audience uh, in Winnipeg says it doesn't look like TSN's putting in any effort. <laughs> I don't know about that, um, Tom. From the audience says I'm thinking the Stampeders made a mistake by not retaining Bo Levi Mitchell. We might be renaming Mondays to overreaction Mondays. (laughs) They are down on this new quarterback in Calgary, Jake Mayer, but it's one week. By the way, from our director, Scott and Craig Smith says it's Cody Grace. I apologize. Oh, it is. Global kickers are taking jobs from Canadian kickers. There, I said it. (laughs) And I'm not even a union guy from Chad Yanchiki, says, good to have CFL football back. IG Field was rocking on Friday night. See, that's the thing. People are going to get their information somehow. I noticed it last year, or this spring, in the WHL, Western Hockey League playoffs. SaskTel Center, Saskatoon, jammed. 15,000. Somehow or another, they found out about Bernard. (laughs)
3: Nobody's reading the paper. No. And the TV channels' ratings are down, but somehow or another, people are getting their info. We need so, more podcasts like yours, more shows on TV like yours that are covering the CFL in the depth that you're covering it. You're not just reading the highlights of the of the games. You're actually getting in-depth. You're doing interviews with CFL stars. That's what we need more of.
2: There's a lot of... Nelson, our VP of Sim Events, says, I ran into the WWE hardcore legend Mick Foley. At uh, Disney World, riding the train. My dad and I honestly thought he was a homeless man. (laughs) Uh, And Nelson goes on to say small town mentality. I don't know specifically what he's referring to, but I I know what small town mentality is, man. Those are hard shackles to break. But you gotta. You gotta if you're gonna move on. Um, We're kind of out of time here. They're talking about firing Chris Jones... What do I call it? After- Overreaction
3: Monday. I think that's a new segment. We Overreaction can, we can have. Monday. Overreaction Monday.
2: Yeah, it's we don't have time. I, I appreciate you, everybody. Well, at least not in this segment. Maybe we'll get to it later, but we got a break. Kevin, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank it's you. It's fast, huh? That was quick. Uh, we are live from Ace Casino Airport in Calgary from now until July 6th. Enter our trip to win. Or sorry, enter our contest to win a trip for two on a private jet to Las Vegas. Complete with weekend hotel stay and spending money. See guest services or gaming manager here for more information. Jim Clubberlang joins us next to talk about all things sport, but he is Canada's NFL expert as well. He'll join us after this brief pause on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio Podcast and YouTube. $5,000. Back live at that beautiful swanky spot, Ace Airport Casino here in Calgary. Just checking in with the Progressive Insurance text line, 902-518-3033, asking our audience, who's the sports icon that you just randomly met? Our hockey analyst, Serena Taylor, met her idol, Wayne Gretzky, the other night at FLA Live Arena. Tony in Regina writes in, he says, Eddie Shack and Bobby Hull. Dougal Cameron here in Calgary says, Gordie Howe. As a ten-year-old at Eaton's sporting goods department here in Calgary during Stampede Week, and DG in Saskatoon says uh, he goes morning guys would be interested to know where Nick Taylor's win Sunday falls on the all-time Canadian sports moments in your mind. We got the perfect guy to bring in on that. Speaking of icons, Jim Lang joins us, Jim Clubberlang, uh, Jimbo. Before we get to the Canadian sports thing. As, as you've been everywhere, you've been to all the Super Bowls and all the rest, but was there a sports icon that you met that you were a fan of, maybe even before you were in the media, that you were like, oh, my God, oh, my God.
0: Uh, you know, most of them have been after the media. I didn't really meet many athletes or coaches because growing up in the military, we lived in remote bases. We weren't near any pro sports or even junior sports or minor pro sports. So it was after I was into the media that I met a lot of these people. I remember being very tickled when I met Terry Greer and Conridge Holloway as a reporter, yeah. um, you know, people like that. Um, but meeting Gordie Howe was a real highlight. My dad I talked about him all growing up as he was, that was my dad's favorite player. So to meet him, I met him in the mid-90s uh, when he was promoting a book with Colleen and he shook my hand and I'm not the smallest guy in the world, but it was like two hands on one with these fingers, and I thought I can't even imagine being punched by that. And no wonder that when he brought the forearm and elbow up, that the fenceman went flying. But I'll never forget. About a year before he passed away, uh, they were doing something with the uh, Baycrest Hospital for Alzheimer's dementia and brain injury research, and there was a luncheon, and Gordy Howe was taking photos with people, and. Uh, you know, I stood beside Gordy, and as I turned to the camera, he gave me a little elbow, and I, I gave that photo, photo to my dad. And it's still one of my favorite moments of being an app, meeting an athlete, interacting with an athlete. And there's Gordy giving me the elbow in the ribs. just it was—it was an absolute lifetime highlight.
2: Well, it's funny. Uh, a lot of Saskatchewan tough guys in hockey, and I asked them who's the toughest guy. Tiger Williams said Gordy Howe. Well, Everybody thinks about the games played and the goals and the points. It was about the toughness. Now, but just moving on. Canadian sports, all-time moments. Pat Fletcher, the last Canadian to win the Canadian Open in 1954. Now Nick Taylor. Where does this rate Canadian sports history?
0: Well, I I think there has to be the distinction between team sports and individual sports. For individual yeah. sports, it's top five all-time, Rod. But what he did, how he did it, uh, the history that was working against him, uh, some of the previous Canadian golfers who had shots, and we remember Mike Weir in the playoff with VJ Singh, and basically mentally he fell apart in the playoffs. And and VJ was basically giving him the tournament. If you remember watching it, VJ was like Mike, let's go. He was almost you know, VJ had accomplished so much, and then like, so, like he afterwards he actually said sorry to Mike and the Canadian golf fans. And so this was not the other golfer not winning it. This was Nick Taylor draining an impossible putt he's never drained before for an eagle to win it like he actually beat the person in a with incredible odds with incredible pressure and that's why it's top five individual sporting moment as a canadian sports fan that i've ever witnessed
2: i would certainly put it up there but i don't include myself as the greatest sports aficionado either i'm a hockey and football guy when we venture into golf and various other like individual sports i can't offer as much as a guy like you could now you are Canada's NFL expert and that is a tremendous brand to have and I don't know if you read the USA today or not Jim I love it though I love their NFL coverage and last week they had five teams who took a major step forward this offseason today they came out with five teams who took a step back and I wonder what your thoughts on this Arizona Cardinals Las Vegas Raiders LA Rams Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tennessee Titans are the five. Would you agree with that?
0: I agree with the first four. Tennessee, I think, remains to be seen. Uh, The first four, I I really have no argument with that list at all. But this is an interesting time. Now, this week right now, we're into mandatory minicamps in the National Football League Rod. So they need to fill papers. They need to fill columns. They need to fill content. So they write lists like this. Um, but I remember Rod Brindamore telling me 20 years ago, you don't know what you don't know and what seems like a team that's taken a step back. We don't know about their offseason free agent additions. We don't know about their trades. We don't know how their draft picks are going to integrate with the team. Look at how San Francisco ended the season and look how they started the season, the 49ers. No one would have predicted it. Like, no one saw that coming. That's why I always take these kind of, take the biggest step forward, biggest step back with a grain of salt. Don't forget, a year ago, We thought Russell Wilson with the Broncos, the Broncos are going to take a major leap forward. That didn't happen. So this is why these minicamps are important. A lot of teams are really setting the foundation for training camp, which will begin between that week of July 11th and July 25th depending on when your first preseason game is the CBA makes you back time when you can start your training camp so that's why teams basically stagger their starts for their pre tra- official training camp between the 11th and 25th of July but this to me this is a big week the mandatory mini camp they're really getting a feel for the new additions the free agents the draft picks especially the draft picks, the upper end ones, and especially in those key positions, some teams are already naming certain players QB1. They're saying, no, this is the guy. I don't care if he's a rookie or not, and we're going to install all the plays, make him learn the playbook, make him a leader, and this is what we're going to do. So on paper, yeah, it makes sense that certain teams have taken a step back, but I I find it's a little early to, to make that determination.
2: Well, again, it's America. Where they're talking NFL twenty four seven, right in football. Exactly. Yeah, and and, and that's Uh, and that's part of it. Yeah, Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 please. No, no, you said it's part of it. I want to hear what I want to hear what you had to say. I want to hear what you had to say. That's part of it. What?
0: Oh, I mean, it's because of the the machine that they feed with the American media cycle. So USA Today writes the five teams that take a step back, and then first take or ESPN respond to it. So that fills three or four days of content, because then you have people from individual reporters from say the Titans or the Buccaneers speaking about it. And then you have, so it's constantly filling that machine. And you had mentioned earlier about reporters and lack of reporters. There are certain leagues that don't lack reporters because there's that insatiable need for news and content and storylines, whether it's on the radio, TV, or or Internet. And the National Football League is definitely one of them, and that's why they're constantly creating these kind of stories and these kind of lists for people to talk about and create stories about and create content from.
2: Well, it's just the state of Canadian media, and I'm in press boxes all across this country, and now in the States, it's it's bleak. It's beyond bleak. And I don't see how you come but, back. It's been great for us because we go wherever we want.
0: But you heard about the layoffs today, right, Rod?
2: Twenty at the Athletic.
0: Yeah, or including else. Sean Fitzgerald, who's an experienced, accomplished writer and has done great work covering all Canadian sports, including the CFL in Southern Ontario. So that's a blow to the CFL in Southern Ontario, losing a Sean Fitzgerald that he's being laid off. Like, hopefully, he gets picked up by someone else, but. All those little death by a thousand cuts, uh, that hurts. And and I got to tell you, even you look at a Leafs regular season game and they often do that shot where they pan to the press box to the TV uh, play-by-play booth, it used to be every seat was filled. And that's not the case anymore. So in these big media companies that own multiple radio TV stations and websites um, and own sports teams at the same time, at the same time they own the content, they're reducing the amount of people that cover and that's, and that's why I don't think that's a good thing for sports fans. They, uh, sports fans want information. They want discussion. They want engagement from people that are there because you could, you could um, do a lot of things remotely. But when you're in a locker room, when you're in a dressing room, when you're around players, you find out information you simply can't find remotely. You just will not find it out.
2: Yeah, well, probably. The media needs to get with it. You can follow all the players' social media channels and the teams and, and get that. I think the only people that talk about media industry and losing jobs is the media themselves. And I'm Sean's a great <laughs> yeah. guy. Uh, I've been worked with yeah. him for years. But people lose their jobs all the time. A coach gets fired or a player gets cut, and it's like, oh, well, they move on. A, a reporter gets let go. <gasps> it happens. Sorry to yeah. be so callous, but you've been let go. I've been let go. You, you pick yourself up, dust your stuff off, and move on. And speaking of all of that, Stanley Cup final, you are a hockey insider too, best selling author of multiple hockey books. Um, what's been your take on this Stanley Cup run?
0: Well, I mean, let's give it uh, Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee have built a monster in Vegas. I mean, let's give some credit to Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee and that, that defense. They're, they're monsters. They're absolute giants. And Jonathan so do you know he was undrafted? And he's having an incredible playoff. So they have built a great team. I see a lot of people chirping about Vegas. They had an unfair this, unfair that. Wait a second. They're the ones that identified the players, made the trades, made the signings, got the players, and built the team. And I think a little credit is deserved to the front office of the Vegas Golden Knights and Bruce Cassidy and his coaching staff. They're... They deserve to be up 3-1. to They've been the better team of the series.
2: Oh, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, it's interesting you say that. I've been around the owner of Vegas, Bill Foley. I've interviewed him. I've been around the owner of the Panthers, Vinny Viola. And they run their teams in vastly different ways. And one of them, only one of them is going to win the Stanley Cup here. It looks like Foley. He comes from a military Mm -hmm. background, West Point grad, florida billionaire in real estate bill foley and his whole thing it's not hard to figure out do your job you'll get all the resources and if you don't win you'll be replaced ask gerard gallant ask peter DeBoer, ask mark-andre fleury but over the course of time he's getting his results it's one way to run a team not everybody does but it's kind of impressive man what they've
0: done i i mean uh, bruce cassidy I thought had success in Boston, but didn't get the ultimate result, lost his job. And now here he is in Vegas, one win away from winning the Stanley Cup. And I was talking to a friend about this, like why do not people not talk about what kind of coach he is? I don't hear enough people talking about the kind of job he's done as a coach, both in Boston and Vegas. He's an outstanding coach, but they seem to talk about a lot of other people in the NHL but him. So, yeah. it's, so it's it's an interesting that there's the glitz and glamour in Vegas. But their, their coach and their GM and their president seem to fly under the radar, and they're a huge part of why Vegas is where they are right now.
2: Uh, we have three minutes, which, as you know, is a long time. It can be a long time. So <laughs> Wayne in Victoria, B.C. says, Hey, Jim, how do you think the Packers and Jordan Love will do this year without Aaron Rodgers?
0: I think they're they're not going to be as bad as people think they are. Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Fame quarterback, but let's be brutally honest. As great as Aaron Rodgers is and has been, he's been in the league a long time. And physically, you can only push yourself so much. And even he would say, he can't do it in 2023 what he could do in 2010. That's just the reality. So I think what um, Jordan Love maybe hasn't learned yet, he's going to bring other things to the table to help Green Bay that conversely that Aaron Rodgers couldn't do anymore physically. I am going to be interested to see with a full off season with the OTAs, the mini camp they have right now and training camp, and preseason, what kind of quarterback Jordan loves going to be with the Packers. I think, I think the Packers are going to be a little more competitive of team than people are assuming because Aaron Rodgers isn't there anymore.
2: Wonderful chat. As always, uh, we are out of time, Jim. Thanks for finding time for us. Hopefully we can do it again soon. Have a great summer out
0: there. Thanks, Rob.
2: Jim Clubberlang, one of the great guys of the media business. Uh, Jeff Cabillus in Winnipeg, regarding the layoffs. He says, I was laid off from a job of 12 years. Definitely not fun. And that's what you have to do. Pick yourself back up and dust yourself off. Yeah. <laughs> Get back in there. From Nelson. He says, even at a local level, since radio stations have figured it out, oh, our talent can broadcast from anywhere. Stations are sharing talent in different cities. Yeah, but how good is it? Is it good? Riddle me that. Some of these hockey questions I'll push to our next guest. Darren Bombing from Bonfire Sports Winnipeg joins us. We'll be talking CFL and some NHL with Bomber. When we return, we're live at Ace Airport Casino in Calgary on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio podcast, and YouTube. Get the card that gets you every blockbuster movie this summer for just 9 dollars Landmark Extras Movie Club. Every movie, every ticket, just 9 dollars Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Fast X, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, The Flash, Oppenheimer, The Little Mermaid, Barbie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, The Meg 2, and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Yep, just 9 dollars Get all the movies, get the deal. Join today at LandmarkExtras.com. Landmark Cinema's Movie Club. For movie lovers. The ERP show continues on this Monday morning from Ace Airport Casino. Gorgeous facility out here in Northeast Calgary. Come on and check it out. It's our summer home. I'll get to your comments. A lot of Winnipeggers have chimed in. They want to see Darren bombing. Let's bring him in from Bonfire Sports and NHL.com. Hey, Bomber, long time no see. Happy summer to you, partner. I'm going to jump right into this with a question from John Ohm in Winnipeg. He says, what's a bigger story? The Bruins falling, failing, or Vegas winning? Mindful of the fact Vegas has not yet won the Stanley Cup, but I think (laughs) that would be the bigger story. Then the Bruins losing out in round one. We're not even thinking about Boston anymore.
1: No, you know, similar to the NBA. NBA (laughs) Whoa. That's
2: bad. Yeah, I can't handle that. Hit refresh or turn it down. Holy smokes. So Slurp in Winnipeg writes that he says the Palomino Club was my stomping grounds back in the 80s and 90s and celebrities from all walks in the entertainment industry would frequent the Pal. Had a drink with hundreds of celebs. Good times. One of Canada's legendary nightclubs. The Palomino Club in Winnipeg on Portage. I could tell you stories about that place. You guys let me know when uh, he's ready to go. Wayne in Victoria, BC says it's got to be the Bruins. Falling, give the Panthers credit because nobody thought they would beat the Bruins. Well, the Panthers have gone into the record books in a lot of ways. They are now credited with the biggest comeback, biggest upset, sorry, in Stanley Cup playoff history. Their round one loss, sorry, round one win over the Boston Bruins is the largest upset in Stanley Cup playoff history. So John's not necessarily wrong. It's an opinion thing, and it's a great question. But again, Vegas hasn't even won the Stanley Cup yet, so there's no point really even talking about it until they do. Ty writes, and he says, as a Tiger Cats fan, I was disappointed in Bull Levi Mitchell's performance. Seems he didn't have the arm strength on those deep balls early that would have made a difference. Well, I didn't watch the game. I listened to it. I thought it was interesting that the Winnipeg radio crew basically said the Blue Bombers are on pace for 84 points tonight. They're like, they're like, oh, what a start! Okay, here it is, Bomber. Thank you. It was just overmodulated. I hope it's been fixed. It sounds like it has. Ty Cat's fan says he was upset with Bo. Yeah, it's actually it's perfect now. Ty Cat's fan says he was upset with Bo Levi's Hamilton debut. What did you see Friday night in that uh, Ty Cat's loss at Winnipeg from Bo?
4: Yeah, like early in the game, especially, I thought Bo Levi Mitchell was not very good. He forced a throw to the uh, the far sideline. Uh, I don't know if it's, you know, um, you know, I talked about it on a couple shows through the weekend, Rod. When you're 12 years old, growing up in Katy, Texas, you got some zip on your arm, right? And then you're 16 and everybody's watching and you got some zip. And you can make some throws other kids can't. And then you're in college and then you're in the pros and you're able to make these throws. Then you have a couple shoulder surgeries You know, some injuries, uh, you get into your 30s, 33 years old, Bo Levi Mitchell is, maybe those natural things he was able to do before he's not able to do, because I saw him throw some footballs that um, he might have made in years gone by that were... Well, to us watching, it seemed to me like a mental mistake, but maybe it wasn't a mental mistake. Maybe it was one that, you know, a throw that he's he's able to do. So, you know, things are going to be, there's going to be a learning curve here, right? There, there's going to be a, a rocky road before things smooth out with a new team, a new offense, all of those things. Training camp is one thing. Live bullets under the lights is another. And, you know, he's got weaponry around him. He went after Tim White pretty much all night against the Blue Bombers, but just could couldn't get uh, the continuity going. Uh, the Ticats made it an interesting game late, didn't they? You know, Winnipeg was in pure dominance form through the majority uh, of Friday night. Uh, but the Ticats able to, uh, you know, paw away some balls from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and, and make it an interesting finish. So uh, I'm not writing off the Ticats. I'm not writing off Bo by mitchell uh, I'm sure, I'm pretty dang sure he can play better than he did Friday against Winnipeg.
2: Hey, Clark, I think we got to uh, try this again. It was better, but it's not perfect. And we have, uh, we have audience people writing in asking if he's making popcorn. Yeah, It was getting worse as the interview went along. So, And we don't have probably enough t- uh, time in this segment to do it. So maybe by the next time Darren comes on, we can have that fixed. And while we have a moment... I will do a sports update. I promised this earlier from the Canadian elite basketball league. The Calgary surge held the Saskatchewan Rattlers, the CEBL's highest scoring offense, to a season low 63 points Sunday afternoon in an 80-63 victory at the Health Center. And the Scarborough shooting stars closed out the Montreal Alliance with a 26-4 run to earn an impressive 104-72 victory at Verdun Auditorium on Sunday. Tonight in the CEBL, it's the Edmonton Stingers at the Winnipeg Bears. It's quite interesting what our sales guy, Kevin, said about it. It's summertime. What else are we going to talk about? CFL? I mean, we, we've talked enough hockey. There will be enough people talking hockey. There's a lot of other exciting things going on. Yes? Okay, we don't have a lot of time left here. But uh, we talked about the Ticats and the struggles of Bull Levi early. Let's bring Darren Bombing back in. How about for Winnipeg? I mean, I shot it off at halftime, so I didn't see that come back in the third quarter. Was it a case of Winnipeg taking their foot off the gas, Darren, or Hamilton
4: got their act together? What, what did you see? I sure hope you guys can hear me clearly now. I got a feeling you can. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, Friday night was a weird game because it was kind of, um, you know, a tale of two cities, if you will. In the second half, the Thai Cats, like, yeah, they were outplayed. They were outmatched. Uh, you know, I was, I was mentioning earlier how Bo Levi Mitchell maybe not uh, playing up to his highest potential, making some, you know, ill-advised throws. And uh, Winnipeg came away with a, a ton of, uh, of takeaways, which to me, was the reason they won. You know, obviously, Zach Kalar is thrown for 354 yards, uh, you know, a pile of touchdowns. He had three touchdowns in the first quarter. There's a reason you turn that game off. Uh, I always get on my dad's case that he turns games off, especially CFL games, before the second half, because I'm like, you never know what's going to happen. The Thai Cats just got their paws on some footballs. So they took the ball away from Winnipeg. They took advantage of field position, and they were able to make it a game. Um, you know, Winnipeg was in dominant form. Did they let their foot off the gas? I wouldn't say that. I just think there were some miscues uh, in this beautiful game that is the Canadian Football League. A couple miscues can really swing things back into uh, balance, uh, you know, in, in what was a lopsided matchup early on. So, um, I still think Winnipeg is the the class of the entire CFL. Absolutely the West uh, as well. And that's not a biased take for me here in Winnipeg. I watch all the games and, and I got, you know, a bit of a beat on, on all the teams. I think Winnipeg is beyond the team to beat right now. They're the the class or the status that every team is trying to get to. Um, but, you know, for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, I'm not writing off Bo Levi Mitchell. I'm not writing off the Tiger Cats. They're a very talented, deep team with continuity in the coaching staff, which is so important. They're hosting the great cup this year. They're going to get their season going. It's, it's tough, obviously, when you got to go to uh, you know, nearly 30,000 fans at IG field, the madhouse as I call it uh, here in Winnipeg and, and face the best team in the land.
2: Yeah. Okay. We only got two minutes, but less than 90 seconds. Your take gotcha. on Connor Hellebuck and Pierre-Luc Dubois future with the Winnipeg Jets.
4: Oh, you're bringing the heat late and no surprise there. It's the talk of the town here in Winnipeg with the, the football club doing so well. Uh, you know, to be brief, the elevator pitch, the window has closed on the Winnipeg Jets. They need to make some tough decisions and general manager, Kevin Shevelday He has been in charge of this franchise from day one since they moved from Atlanta back, uh, you know, to Winnipeg. He needs to get, the most he can for these assets that every other GM in the NHL knows are wanting out of Winnipeg. Pierre-Luc Dubois, young, power center, power forward, play center, can score. Connor Hellebuck, he's, you know, I think the most impactful player, maybe outside of Connor McDavid, maybe a couple others in the league as far as your team, helping your team win. He is that good. Uh, You know, uh, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, I wouldn't be surprised if all of these guys were gone either by the end of this summer or by the trade deadline next year. Winnipeg needs change. They need to do it. And and Kevin Chevaldeoff needs to understand a sharp right turn is the only way he's going to save his job in the next coming years.
2: Great analysis. Darren, thanks for this. Enjoy the summer. Let's do it again soon.
4: Hey, sorry about the tech
2: difficulties. Always good to be with you, Roddy. All good. Darren Bombing from Bonfire Sports and NHL.com. Overtime's next, everybody. Stick around. We'll return in a moment on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Podcast, and YouTube. okay we're back for overtime at the beautiful hotel Cleek calgary airport it's just you and me for overtime everybody any questions and comments now's the time on the progressive insurance text line 902 and i would like to remind you because it's been a while that uh pulse arena here at ace airport casino is Alberta's only private, electronic table game lounge featuring blackjack, craps, roulette, and baccarat with an atmosphere perfect for any day or night. It's astounding, actually. They call it the Pulse Arena. I'm not even a gambler, and I walked in there, and I'm like, this is amazing. So we'd like to have you come down here. We're going to be here for the summer. Come on down and say hi. Going to a lot of CFL games. We'll be doing a lot of NHL talk, too, but a sports update, Denver can capture its first NBA title in 47 years tonight in Game 5. At home against the Miami Heat, Canada's Jamal Murray had 15 points and 12 assists in Game 4 after a triple-double in Game 2 and a pair of double-doubles in Games 1 and 2. 8.30 tip-off, Denver. Tonight, home to Miami, looking to close it out in the NBA Finals. By the way, the poll question today for Key Auto Group was simply, are you following the NBA Finals? And close to 60% of uh, respondents saying, yes, indeed they are. Our daily poll is brought to you by Key Auto Group. And the Blue Jays have the day off before opening a nine-game road trip Tuesday in Baltimore. Tonight's slate includes Boston. Host in the Colorado Rockies, Ladner BCs, James Paxton gets the start for the Red Sox, who are last in the American League East. The sports updates for Landmark Cinemas, (coughs) pardon me, in theaters, July 12th. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. In Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, Ethan Hunt, played by Tom Cruise, and his IMF team, embark on their most dangerous mission yet, to track down a terrifying new weapon that threatens all of humanity before it falls into the wrong hand. With control of the future and the fate of the world at stake and dark forces from Ethan's past closing in, a deadly race around the globe begins. In theaters, landmark Cinemas, July 12th, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part One. Who has more fun than us? <laughs>